Some have called the war on drugs a failure, a war without end, and no prospect of victory. Should we give up? What are the alternatives? You're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Our guest today is Dr. Bertha Madras, who serves as the Deputy Director of Demand Reduction in the White House Office of National Drug Control Policy. She is certainly a warrior in the war on drugs. Prior to this government post, she was professor of psychobiology in the Department of Psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. She is an expert on drug addiction and has authored over 130 papers and book chapters, as well as receiving 16 patents. Welcome, Dr. Madras. We are pleased to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Well, first question is, what does winning mean in the war on drugs? I think like many wars in our world, sometimes they're very decisive, sometimes they're ongoing. I think the most important question is set criteria for what you consider a victory and then see if you can achieve it. One of the criteria for this administration was to reduce youth drug use by the year 07. And the reason for doing that is manyfold. We know that youth are much more susceptible to becoming addicted than if you initiate drug use as an adult. So this is a very vulnerable population. Number two, if you begin to use drugs during youth, it may become a chronic form of activity throughout a lifetime. So youth was targeted. And yes, indeed, youth drug use has gone down significantly in the past five years. So you set a target. You say you want to accomplish it. Our target was 25% reduction in five years. We've achieved 23% reduction in five years. We're going to have to dwell on this a little bit uh, drug by drug, and I think our audience is definitely going to want to know what measurements are being made and how this can be determined accurately. First of all, let's talk about alcohol abuse. When you say a reduction, are we talking about alcohol abuse specifically or not? Our office is focused on illicit drugs, but we certainly can discuss alcohol and tobacco as well. And we certainly are concerned about all drugs that give rise to not only problems with regard to the brain behavior, but also the body. And we know that alcohol, tobacco, and illicit drugs compromise brain-body behavior, all three. Alcohol, lifetime past year and past month use of alcohol has declined 13% over the past five years. Lifetime and past month use of cigarettes have been down by 28.8%. So alcohol down by 13% over five years. Cigarette use down by 29%. Right there, I, I have to say, I think those are really very significant accomplishments. Now, what about marijuana? Past month use of marijuana declined 25% over the past five years. Past month use of methamphetamine decreased 50%. Since 01, this is youth now. These are grade 8, 10, and 12 students. And the survey that underlies this data is the Monitoring the Future study, which is conducted by the University of Michigan from approximately 50,000 young people in high school, and it is sponsored by the National Institute on Drug Abuse. These are very solid data. They've been doing this survey for a decade. What about cocaine? We don't have the precise data on cocaine. That's a great question. I will try to dig that up in a few moments. What has gone down is hallucinogens, LSD, ecstasy, 
and steroids as well. How much is it dropped? For LSD, approximately 60%. Ecstasy, approximately 55%. And steroids is down by approximately... 40% for lifetime, past month use, 21%. Are you talking about anabolic steroids? Anabolic by, steroids, By yes. athletes? Well, we don't specify by whom. Right, right. Some of these may be bodybuilders. Some of these may think that they're going to be more attractive to the female of the species, <laughs> and some are athletes. Interestingly enough, Harrison Pope at McLean Hospital has shown that females do not, in fact, like the bodybuilding bodies of males. They like normal-looking males, but males may not be aware of that study. These statistics apply to adolescents, is that correct? These statistics apply to adolescents. The ones that I've given you apply to adolescents in high schools. There is also a different survey done called the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, which is done by SAMHSA, a different organization. They monitor 70,000 people completely randomly by knocking on doors. The uh, SAMHSA survey has shown very comparable data. They have shown that in adolescents age 12 to 17, drug use has declined about 23% as well, and that constitutes 844,000 fewer youth using drugs. Now, adults, essentially, drug use has remained stable in adults with a few caveats. Marijuana use in 18 to 25-year-olds has declined significantly in the past year, past two years. What has not declined at all but has increased very significantly are the drug use amongst baby boomers. There has been a 76% increase in people in ages 50 to 54 between 02 and 06, and primarily marijuana. It's predominantly marijuana. And essentially what it is is that the habit they acquired in youth during the late 60s and early 70s simply persists and carries forward into that cohort. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD, XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson, and my guest is Dr. Bertha Madras, Deputy Director of Demand Reduction in the White House Office of National Drug Control Policy. Today we are discussing the war on drugs. Is it winnable? Well, it sounds like it actually may be. I, the next question that I have for you is, you seem to be showing some perhaps unexpected success among the nation's youth. What do you attribute the drop uh, really across the board in almost all drugs? Just before I respond to the question, I would say that it really is not unexpected that for the vast majority of people who use drugs, these are fashions that rise and fall with perception of harm. As perception of harm increases, drug use decreases. When uh, Len Bias died of a cocaine overdose in 1986, drug use, especially cocaine, fell precipitously in our country. So we really can change drug use in the country by promoting education on the negative consequences of use. And I don't think this is an insurmountable problem at all. In fact, I think it's, it's very, very surmountable by providing people with, with good information. What do we attribute the decline in, in youth drug use? 
What we have from the national survey, again, which is a very powerful analysis of, of drug use patterns, is that kids who saw ads, saw prevention material, had parents who conveyed uh, harmful effects of drugs to them, had much lower drug use than those who did not. So that providing prevention material, which is essentially focused on what are the harmful effects of drugs, has really had an impact on drug use in youth. With a rise in marijuana use among baby boomers, though, our nation's youth are directly exposed to drug users. So I'm a little bit confused about education in the school on one hand and then, of course, potheads at home on the other hand. The question for you then is, have interdiction efforts been more helpful, incarceration of drug pushers? Do any of these other tactics in the war on drugs provide benefit? I think a balanced approach is is the most effective tactic, and that is you balance supply reduction with demand reduction. Let's just get back to addressing the use of marijuana by the, the baby boomers. What we've done in our media campaign is to try to educate parents on how to speak to youth about drugs. And we say even if you've used in the past and you're worried about sounding hypocritical, or even if you are currently using, think of what is best for your child. And what is best for your child is as follows. Kids who use marijuana, even if they experiment, not heavy use, but even if they experiment, are half as likely to graduate college as kids who don't use at all. Kids who don't use at all are much less likely to steal as adults, much less likely to engage in drug selling as adults, and much more likely to have high grades in, in high school. So we've tried to inject this sense of reality into parents and say, engage in crucial conversations with your children and try to understand that your behavior can influence them. Now, the drug use amongst the 50 to 54-year-olds is quite small compared to 18 to 25-year-olds. So we think they constitute a minority of parents. In fact, that, that's only about 6% of that age group that's, that's using. As a physician, I'm inherently skeptical of anecdotes, but in talking to you, I just recall last year, one of my children went to a friend's house, and the parents were actually smoking marijuana in the living room. And my children chose to leave. Well, that's a very wise child, <laughs> very well educated by parents, I must say. So not that this anecdote proves anything, but certainly it is a situation that can occur. So I, the take-home message for our audience is the war on drugs is not all rhetoric, not beyond our control. And it sounds as though drug abuse or substance abuse across virtually all categories among high school students in the last five years has made a noticeable and meaningful drop. Absolutely, except for one category, which I, I think is critical to highlight, and that is prescription drug abuse. That's a big problem, and it's a growing problem. And the reason is, is that it is more new initiates into prescription drug abuse for the past three years. New initiates were higher than new initiates into marijuana use. And prescription drug abuse has increased, especially in the 18 to 25-year-old category. 
And one of the reasons it's increased is that there's a misperception that these drugs are safe. And the bulk of the prescription drugs that are being abused are opioid analgesics, which, as you know very well as a physician, very unsafe, not only because of the addiction potential, but also overdose and death. And yet people are beginning to enter into this arena because of misperceptions as well as the easy availability of these drugs from medicine cabinets. Well, hopefully that's something that can be addressed as well as some of the other drugs have been addressed in terms of reduction strategies. I want to thank Dr. Bertha Madras, who has been our guest. We have been discussing whether or not the war on drugs is winnable. And from talking to her, I believe that the answer is yes, uh, quite possibly. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We would really love to hear from you. For comments and questions about this program or suggestions for other shows, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Be safe. Be informed. Thank you for listening.